Listen, I've been saved long enough, done enough counseling, enough preaching, been involved in uh, the things of God for a number of years, well over 30 years. And so this morning's message is actually sad but true. The title I just want to give it is, How Much Truth Do You Really Want? How much truth do you really want to know? And actually, I kind of hammer this one down and get all the wrinkles ironed out before restoration started because I know it would be a full-packed weekend and I cannot go through those uh, uh, hours without a message ready. So I kind of got this together and then sitting there listening to Adam for the entire weekend. I mean, he was dumping tons of truth upon these people. Truth, sometimes it doesn't make you jump up and yeah, yippee, the end of the world's coming. Uh, it was truth that he was giving them, but it, and the fact is, it, it is the truth. And as I was sitting there listening, I was wondering, man, how much really this truth do they want? And as we give out truth, we see people recoil from it. And we're going to look at it and just see what truth really is and how you are affected by truth. John 1.14 says this, simply says this, And the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Not partially full, kind of full, full, totally full of grace and truth. Truth simply meaning, what is truth in any matter? What is truth in the things of attaining to God? Almighty God, what is truth to the, the duties of man, the morals, religious truth? And God says, I'm going to send my son who's going to be full of grace and truth. John 14, 6 goes on and says this, Jesus said unto him, I am the way and the truth. Remember, I would tell you over and over, if we invited Christ here, he would walk through that door, I could uh, introduce you to him as truth. Adam, this is my son-in-law, Adam, this is truth. He's not just a parcel, of peace, he is. He says, I am the truth and life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. So he's saying, I am, uh, I am what is true in any matter, in any matter. I am what is true in all things pertaining to God. I am what's true in the duties of man, that's humanity. I am truth in what's moral and religious. I am the truth, is what he's saying to you and I. John 1.17 says this, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Christ, came by Jesus Christ. You might say, okay, cool. How do I get this truth? John 17, 17 gives us that answer. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You are to be set apart by this truth. All those children, all those young people that came uh, this entire weekend were now are now being held accountable for the truth that they have been given. They can toss it away before Friday comes, or they can hang on to it and this truth really be applied to their life and do something for God. But God says, when you receive this truth, you are sanctified. You are set apart by my truth. My truth, obviously, will set you free. John 14:16 tells us this, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that you may abide with, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth. So it's impossible for you to stand before Almighty God, saved or unsaved, and said, I didn't know. It's absolutely impossible. You are going to be without excuse. 
Because a lot of us don't want to hear the truth because then we become accountable to the truth. But uh, nature itself screams truth. The birds sing every morning and praise God's name. The snow that comes down, I will be whiter than snow. Everything screams truth. You're going to be held accountable for it. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Verse 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. How awesome is that? Comfortless means, listen to this, comfortless means those deprived of a teacher or a guide or a guardian or you're an orphan. Some of you have actually been orphans. I was getting a story before from two people. I was sitting there shocked. Like, gee, man, not to have a mom or a dad fix your bike or ask a question. God said, I won't leave you that way. I will not leave you. Fathers do. They'll bolt on you. Mothers don't want you to give you back to somebody or whatever pass you on. But God says, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will not leave you deprived. I will come to you. I will be with you. I will give you another, in fact. And that's the Holy Ghost. So, John fourteen twenty six tells us, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance. So, God has given us everything that we need to succeed in him. Whether you're a 14-year-old, 44-year-old, or an 84-year-old. Now, Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen says this, Listen, these are good scriptures, and I'm just spitting them out real fast, but listen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. What whole matter? The whole matter of life, wherever you're at in life. Whether you're trying out, oh, I hope I'm the captain of the cheerleading team, or whatever it is. Now God says this whole matter, that, hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Here it is. Fear God and keep His commandments. This is it. That's your duty in life. That's truth. I'm giving you truth this morning. And so God says, this is it. Fear me and keep my commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. This is the truth. The whole duty of man means literally, this is the whole man or the full idea of man. This is why you're here. To fear God and to keep His commandments. Not to do your own thing. As soon as you do your own thing... You're not in truth. Wow, that was scary. It's too bad it's the truth. Colossians 2.9 says this, For in Him, in God, in Almighty God, dwell the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You don't need anything else. You don't need Him in this, in Him in that, or Him in a bigger this, and Him in a better that. God says, In me dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Listen to these next words. And you are complete in Him absolutely complete in Him, which is the head of the principality and power. Complete. This is what you are. It means this, to make full or to fill up. If you have a longing or a dissatisfaction or an emptiness inside, you're not serving God. You're not. And if you're serving God and you start to feel those things, you better put your car in reverse and find out where you've drifted off from serving God. Because you cannot feel empty when he who is full is in you. It doesn't make any sense at all unless you veered off path. Then you start feeling it. You could be sitting here in church. You could be nodding your head and saying amen. You know how to do them things. But you can still start 
to leak out and uh, lose that fullness of God. God says, I am so complete, you have need of nothing. Absolutely nothing. God says he's the shepherd, the good shepherd. So we're trying to fill the void of our hearts with everything but Christ. You can only be complete in him. Listen, you can't watch two minutes of TV without 15 beauty ads or exercise ads. It's a billion-dollar business. They feed off of the void that is in you that only God can fill. And you can even achieve it and have the body of a monster. And you're still going to be incomplete. You really are. So listen to me. It's not in muscles. UPX 90 people are insanity folks and Adam's got more muscles than he should have and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. That's great. I'm not saying what a waste of time. What I'm saying is that's not going to make you complete. It's not. And it's not going to be in beauty. It's not in money. It's not in another man or another wife or a better boyfriend. It's not in sports. God says you're only complete in me. And folks, that's the truth. It doesn't matter to me whether you agree with it or like it. It's the truth. Isn't it? It's the truth because it's in the Word of God. I mean, you can shoot me, stone me, not come here, but guess what? It's still the... It is. It just is. Okay. You're going to be held accountable today for the truth. Now, we know what Pilate said. Pilate, therefore, said unto him, Art thou king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Jesus says, look, I'm going to bear witness of it. I'm going to live in total, complete truth, because I am truth. And therefore, when you see me, you will know how truth is, how truth walks, how truth acts, what truth doesn't do, what truth does. I am bearing witness, Lord, because I am the truth. And Pilate says, what is it? And he said, you said that I'm the truth. So Pilate, I don't know if he copped out, didn't get it or whatever. He just said, what is truth? Now, here's the key. Seriously, how much truth do you want this morning? How much really do you want? Truth, here's truth for you. Here's some good truth. If you're going to pull off our parking lot and go right that way, about 100 yards on the right, what's, what's up there? The state troopers' barracks. Okay? Listen, that's the truth. It's up there. So you can go out there and tromp your bike or car or whatever it is and do all that. And most likely, because they're always up and down like a beehive going back to their little place, you're going to get busted. That's the truth. Now, you can ignore and say, not me, not me. They won't be there when I, but sooner or later, you will get busted. That's the truth. And so what we're giving you this morning is the truth. And John 8 says, now that you know the truth, it's going to make you free. Because when I go down here and make a right, I'm going to do what the speed limit says. Because the truth, I know that the law's up there, and the law is for the lawless. That's the truth. Okay. Now look, when it says the truth shall make you free, that word make means one who ceases to be a slave. It's crazy what, how we think. We think I'm going to do my own thing. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. 
and you're thinking you're free because you do that. But all you're doing is wrapping more chains around you, handcuffing yourself more to those things that actually possess you. Jesus has come with the key. It's called truth, and he wants to go like this. You're going, well, you know, man, I want to do my own thing. I'm free. I'm having a good old time. That word make means I will make you free. You will no longer be a slave to the things of the world. You won't. Remember that song, the chains that seem to bind you will drop harmlessly behind you. <clears throat> truth is the key. New hope, long after I'm gone, needs to continue to be a truth center so people can come and hear the truth. That was what was so awesome. You know, we had this idea a few years ago. We'd gone 18 years or whatever to acquire the fire when Lenny and Teresa started that thing. And after a while, I'm going, that's cool, that's great. They're going all the way to Cleveland. But we need to do something right where we're at. We need to do something in our little Jerusalem right here, Zanesville. And so this weekend, whether you like the venue or the idea or not, is not important. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really not into bands and concerts and all that kind of stuff and all what they do and all that. And I'm saying, Adam, that's great. But we've got to have the Word of God throughout it or it's a waste of time. Because it's the Word of God that sets people free. We had maybe 102 or 104 kids go downstairs last year to give the heart to God, to recommit, to listen to the truth. And so we were set up like that again this year. When they gave the, uh, the uh, call to come to the altar and then go downstairs, we had less people sitting in the con concert area and more downstairs. I was running around grabbing every staff member I could see. Get down there. Get down there. Get down there. I grabbed two girls, and I told them the Bible says, be instant, in season, finish it. And they said, out. I said, get going. <laughs> I mean, we had so many down there wanting to hear the truth, the truth of Almighty God, because it was setting children free. Truth is the key. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. This is truth. Now listen to the truth I'm going to give you that you don't want to hear. Your heart, your makeup, your nature, what is natural for you to think and natural for you to be without the supernatural living in you. That heart that is in you is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and who can know it? That heart in you. That's why you struggle with hatred and vengeance and the various things that just get to us. Pornography, and lying, and stealing, because that heart from the fall of man, God is telling you is desperately, do not trust yourself. Your enemy is the one you shave, or ladies, the one you curl. The, uh, the, one that looks back, the one that looks back at you in the mirror, that is one of your greatest enemies. It really is. It's just the truth. The heart is deceitfully above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. Whoa. That's why we start backing up from the truth. You know, God and religion has its, it's kind of cool. Have a little bit of comfort. A little bit of insurance, kind of insurance policy for a bad day or when you get older or something. But when you start really coming to God and he says, okay, I'm going to walk through your heart. I'm going to start looking at all these corridors and all these things that you have hidden. Then we start saying, we don't want the truth. I hope you're not that way. The Lord says, I search the heart. I try the reins even to every good, every even to give every man according to his way, according to the fruit of his doing. Why are you guys playing up here? 
Why am I up here preaching? Why have we done? God will get in your in your face, and He'll find out why. Why? Even the young folks that have followed us from Seacrest out here to hear them. Why? Why? Why are you? Oh, because I think the third one on the right's handsome. Yeah. That might be true. I don't. <laughs> But the truth is, is you must want to serve God and live for God. Listen, Proverbs 11, here comes some more truth. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall. You're going to fall. No matter if God has blessed you with the ability to run a good business, blessed you with the, the mind concept to, to make money, God says, if you trust in that, you'll fall. Just like we try to tell these guys, on, look, the, their biggest enemy is success. Their biggest enemy is success. When we are little in our own eyes, we trust God for everything. When success starts to come and people start throwing money, we want you here and we want you there and we want you there and we want you there. You start trusting in your talent and your riches. God said, you will fall. You'll fall. That's truth. You need to take this truth. So I ask you, how much truth do you really want? Do you really want to know the truth? Do you really want to know it? He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. The righteous. Piles of money or the righteousness of God. Trust in this or trust in that. God says you'll fall, but you'll flourish. And you have to walk by faith and make that decision. That's truth. All right, Proverbs 11.4, some more. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. Adam rolled out a casket, <laughs> had a casket up there, and he had a skeleton in the casket, and he was just hammering about the day of judgment. It's pointed out the man wants to die. Everybody's going to die. All you are going to die. Some of you might die this year. That's the way it is. That's truth. Bible says, riches profit not in the day of wrath. They don't. I remember a lot of you from years ago, I used to minister to this uh, elderly lady all the time, was uh, giving me her name by someone else. And some of you know this little story. Um, we don't know if she got right with God. Bruce has his doubts. I have a little bit more hope. Because she trusted me more than Bruce was a stranger, a little more of a stranger. And she passed. And she had thousands of dollars stuffed in one of those lazy boy chairs that they found out later. She had hundreds of thousands of dollars. When Bruce was talking to her about the things of God, she would say, no, I can't, I can't. What's it profit in the day of death? What's she going to do? Go and withdraw all my money and give it to me. This is truth. This is truth. Keep money in its proper place. Listen to this. Jesus wants you to know this. Proverbs 12:22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Lying lips. Please listen. How many times does Bruce have to murder somebody before we call him a murderer? Our policeman? Once, right then? Once. He's a murderer. It's not like you have to mark your way up. If you get five people, you're a murderer. How many, but why do we think it's okay to lie once, but you're not a liar? We're all guilty of that. I, and God says, that's an abomination to me. See, how much truth do you want? I got one, come on. Uh, the tr I mean, when the truth really starts coming out, you're doing what we normally do. We start backing up. Eesh. 
And how much truth do you really want? Because Jesus is the truth. Do you see why he's hated? Do you see why he's not wanted? See why the world can't stand them? Lying lips is an abomination. That means a disgusting thing to God. When you lie, Revelation 21.8 says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. <laughs> So let's not, let's not try to water down the truth. It's the truth. It's in your nature because our hearts are desperately, deceitfully wicked. And as soon as someone puts you on the spot, man, you're off with ten lies without even thinking. Because that's the way we are. And that's the truth. You see why we need to have God so much in us? And I'm convinced that people don't want to hear the truth. And even myself at times. I don't, I don't want to hear the truth. But isn't it the truth, though? We can't. We can't handle the truth. We start backing up. We start backing off. We start saying, you preach hard. You do this. It's the truth. We're giving you the truth. Why would you trust someone that lies to you? Why would you? Now, here's the scripture for it. Uh, we don't want to hear the truth. Zechariah 7.8 starts in this. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts. Not me. Not Fox News. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute truth judgment, and show mercy and compassion every man to his brother. Oppress not the widow, nor the father, fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor, let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken, pulled away their shoulder, and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Shut up! They pulled away their shoulder. Leave me alone! What horrible thing was the Lord telling them to do? Yes, to be merciful and kind. Shut up! This is crazy. Look at 12 says, yes, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. I mean, harder than probably a diamond. Lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts hath set in his spirit, sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. God's cup of wrath is just about full. My fear is all of us who proclaim to know the truth are not walking in the truth. It's not like a little store that you can just get the chocolate cover stuff you like and pass up all that other stuff. It's not, not going to work that way. Jeremiah 6:16 6, comes on, prophesies, thus saith the Lord. This is what he says. Stand ye in the ways, seek and see, ask for the old paths, wherein is the good way. Walk therein, you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, no, we will not. You want counsel from us, whether it be Bruce, me, Ed, whoever, some of our ladies, they counsel you the Word of God. And you walk out the office or from the altar, it's up to you which way you go. It is. Some of you we talk to and talk to and talk to, we can't talk to anymore. We, we just can't. You've got to start applying the truth. But they said, no. And they just do what they want. Stephen said this, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. 
Now listen, I don't particularly want to hear that. I don't, I really don't. But if I go before the Lord and I am that way, I want to be able to hear it. I might moan, complain, argue, but I want to hear it. You stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your father did, so do you. He's giving truth by the Spirit of God. Look what they did. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him and killed him. Sound familiar? Pure truth came, and we killed it. That's how much we hate to hear truth. That's how much that old fallen nature hates to hear truth. If Ruth busts me on something in our marriage, <laughs> my normal reaction is, Oh, Ruth, you're right. No. <laughs> no. No. Usually she knows she has me if I get mad. Because that's what happens. What, what do you mean? What? Not you. I'm walking away going, Damn. Bust. Isn't it, isn't it the truth? That's the truth. But it's sad because we, we're, we're stiff-necked. We close our ears. We, don't want to hand, we can't handle the truth like that actor said. Galatians 4.16 says, Let's listen with the words of the Lord. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And listen, I have become people's enemies for just being the messenger and telling them the truth. And they can't stand me now. They come for help. They're broken. They're just like this. I remember doing this with the husband and the wife. And standing there listening to all this. And I just started zeroing in a husband. I'm not talking about being you jerk. You really, I'm not talking about none of that. It's God's child. You don't talk like that. But I'm laying out what the Word of God says. And it's pointing mainly to the man. No, well, I don't see them anymore. They're gone. But it's the truth. So Jesus says, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? The majority of the answer is yes. Yes. You're my enemy. Because you tell me I'm no good. You tell me my heart is desperately wicked. There's no good thing in me. James 4.17 says this, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It's sin. It's sin when God moves upon your heart, whatever it is, whatever it's in your life, young, old, whatever you're doing that God's not happy with, and he's tapping you going, man, and you're ignoring that. You know to do good, but you're, you go with the pressure of the flow, the young kids, whatever. God says to you, it's sin. That's the truth. When you know the truth and you don't do it, you're held accountable by Almighty God. Hebrews 12:14 says this, follow peace with all men. And holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, don't get caught up in holiness, what man says. He'll tell you, ladies, don't wear earrings, don't wear lipstick. No, I'm not talking about any of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the holiness of the heart. If you're dressing weird, the holiness of the heart will clean you up. God will. You'll sense God saying, mm, and you'll change. Even the dudes, the way you want to walk and act and the tough. God won't let you get away with it. Now, you don't want to do that because you have a reputation or something. God says, without holiness, you're not even going to see the Lord. You're not going to see Him. Talking to a young girl last night or the night before, she was saying, well, everybody goes astray a little. 
wanting me to say, well, little's okay, but I refuse to. I gave her that little story. I said, this is before you were born, but when man was attempting to land on the moon, they had to have every mathematical thing down to the right on the button. They couldn't be a half a degree off. If they were a half a degree off and this was the moon, by the time they got to the moon, they're over here, they wouldn't even see the moon. They'd still be looking for the moon today. They wouldn't even see it by just being just a little bit. And that's what the enemy comes to you. He tries to tell you just a little bit. Just one. You won't even see God without holiness. When you invite God in you, you invite holiness in you. He is holy. He'll tell you if you're wearing clothes too high, too low, if you're acting too bad, you're talking too dumb, you're watching wrong stuff. He'll do it. He'll do it. Doesn't he? You ever have that happen? It's the truth. And then this one, the big one, John 3.17, the Lord says, Marvel not. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. I'm telling you, you need to be born again. If you're in here this morning just because you wanted to hear the band again, that's great. We're, we're glad you're here. We're glad they're able to stop uh, by before they take off again. But if that's all you're here, the Bible's telling you the truth. Look, young person or wherever you're at in life, you've got to get yourself right. You've got to be born again. And Adam laid it out, Mr. King, whatever you call him, he laid it out so plain and simple through the weekend, you should know what to do. But if you're just in the hero, this one's true, and I hope he signs it back. That's all right. Get that if you want, but you better be born again. That's the truth. That's what the Lord has said. John 3:19. I'm getting to the end. You guys coming back? Are you the guys? Or you're it? Okay, cool. You can make your way up if you like or need to, whatever. John 3.19 says this, And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light. Look, look, you're going to be real shocked. I love God. I do. I loved Him for a number of years. I, holiness has come into my life. Love has come into my life because of Him. But there is a side inside of me that hasn't gone away yet. Because I'm not dead. Do you understand? And if I don't pay attention to it, it's going to come creeping up. And, here's the, and eventually it's going to overpower and take over. That's in me. That's in your pastor. That's in you. And now look, the carnal nature that I'm made from loves it. Loves that kind of life. Loves darkness, filth, and pornography, and scum, and running around, and lying, and loves it. That's the truth. And here's another little bit of truth. And I've seen it happen, and it's been happening in someone that we love right now. Bible tells you this, it's true. Sin is fun. You're afraid I'm going to stop, huh? What's the rest of the scripture? For a season, it'll be fun. You'll run around, your, your sinful nature will be loving the parties, loving this, whatever you're into, whatever it is. Whether it's money, I don't care what it is. God said, in the word of God, I'll give you some truth. It's fun, but it's only for a season. And just like we're leaving winter season finally and going into a new season, that's what will happen. That season's going to run out. And you're going to be standing before Almighty God. So God doesn't try to fib and fudge a little here and say, oh, you shouldn't. He says, no, it's fun. But it's fun for a season. And to that fallen nature that is inside of you that loves darkness. And God says this, for everyone practicing evil hates the light. People don't want to believe that. They tell me they love God, and they're doing things that God said, no way, no way, no way. 
And I remember one time praying and asking God, man, the church is so messed up, God. church is so full of sin. The divorce rate is equal to the world, and it is. And the church, and I'm going on and on and on, and I just had this thought. It wasn't like God talked to me in some deep voice, but God was saying, what I call the church, He does not. And that's it's us here. This is what I would call the church. And God's saying, what you call the church, I don't. I don't. He who practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. And this is what the, these guys are going to play an altar call song. Okay? And I would like you to stand on this last verse. Now, if you're truly a born again, you'll understand this verse. It says this, For you were sometimes darkness. Do you remember those? Man, Ruth reminded me of a shirt I used to wear, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. How could I ever do that? How could I wear that? Oh, I don't think we even had children. We didn't. How could I wear that? So humiliating, embarrassing. So, and so I can remember. So you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So God says, so walk in that light. To me, to walk in light up here, there's darkness down there. I have to keep my eyes on God. If he's this light, I have to keep my eyes on him to walk in this light. I take my eyes off the Lord, and this is what I do. Go right into the darkness. Not only that, more truth is, listen, God says you'll be seven times worse than what you were. You go back into the darkness. So as these guys bless us with another song, as we stand in the presence of Almighty God, I'm asking you, forget about them. Instruments from God, worship, Judah, sending them out first. It's all recall time. Make sure you're walking in the truth. To those of you newly saved, you're probably pumped. Oh, this is excited. This is great. I love that. But us that have been walking a long time in it can become dull. Our sword, not too sharp. Because we've done this, seen this, been that, heard bands, been there. We're not taking this as seriously. You're the ones I'm worried about that have been in the things of God for a long time. As they usher us into the presence of God, I'm asking you to please make sure you're walking in the truth. If you've never given your heart to God, never ever. If you're a young person, Mr. King's right here. He's right here in the front row. This is where he worships. This is where he stays in the truth, where he stays so he can continue to walk in the light and the truth. Come to him. Talk to him. If you're a member of this church, you know we love altar calls. Our altars are open. Please make your move before the enemy does.